Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back to segment four of the Brisbane Football Review here in the Switch 1197 studios for the Outside 90 Fan Network. James Scott and Adam with you here for segment four, and we don't actually have a game to preview, so we've asked some of our fans on uh, social media to come through, and come through they did. Scott, yeah. before we do that, though, how can people get in touch with us on social media? Oh, right, the plug, sorry. So we've got <laughs> facebook.com. Yeah, Facebook, Brisbane Football Review on on Facebook, Twitter at Raw Review. You can listen to us on Switch 1197. We, I was at their barbecue on Saturday. It went quite well, James. You'll be glad to know. Yep, and we're actually on Switch uh, 10 a.m. every Saturday morning. Yep. So as opposed can, to 10 a.m. every Saturday night. Yeah, you can listen to us Switch on 10 a.m. You've also got podcast audio room in iTunes and just and home games, James. You can talk to James with fan cams as well. That's right. So we've got three more uh, A-League home games to go. So I'd love to get as many people as possible coming out. So strange to hear that. Season feels like it just started. I know. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Which is why the podcast recording takes forever. <laughs> yeah, where's a <that>, where's drum? <laughs> All right. So we've got... Uh, so we're going to do basically a mailbag for segment four in place of previews. I'm going to lead off with something that we've teased a little bit where the Red Bull franchise, which has got teams in a few major leagues around the world, mm-hmm. they're possibly looking at investing in an A-League club. So from a raw perspective, would you take Red Bull over the backeries, Adam? Personally... I, I would because I think at the end of the day, it's stability, it's a name, but I can tell you, it will absolutely drive the traditionals nuts. And, that, I, and I've, I've yeah. had the argument several years ago, actually. You've had it with but, me a few weeks ago. Thanks, game. Brett Nickel, yeah. for that question, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, no, like I said, I, I think, look, from, a, from if you take away all the emotional, I think it would be a good call, but I think you're going to have you're gonna have a hard time, especially, especially a lot of the gripes at the moment in Bundesliga where uh, Red Bull Leipzig are not the most popular club. In, in Germany, and that's a, that's a competition that featuring Bayern Munich. So, yeah, so this I think there'll the, be a lot of resistance. To Adam's point, this is the thing. When Red Bull come into a team, they change the logo to make it look like their product logo. They change the name. They change the colours. They change the whole identity of the club basically overnight. And that's one of the problems I've found Leipzig have had. I think Red Bull Salzburg's another one that have that problem. I think New York Red Bulls was a start-up franchise, so that didn't matter. And no. I think that's seen, maybe they've learned that lesson the hard way with the Red Bull football franchise thing because they predict they sound like they want a new team. They don't want to take over a current team. They want to form a new one. And I, th- I think if it, it is a new team, new identity and all that, then, you know, well, yeah, I think it's a bit. If you, if you want, you know, if Red Bull come in and try, and, and like I said, we say Red Bull Brisbane, I think you're going to get a lot of, you know, there's going to be a lot of griping on that. And look, and they're not unjustifiable either. Mm. To your point, though, I think I'll take almost anyone over the back of group. See, for me, I'm not totally against it. I kind of feel like it would be... It would take some getting used to. It would to. have its plus points and its minus points, really. I mean, you change identity, but the, the money they would pour into the club, you maybe they would help fund a new stadium or something. Maybe you would get better players. Who knows? And, well, again, if you know some of those things we were talking about in the last segment with, you know... Sorry, news- more high-profile marquee players was what I meant. Sorry. Yeah. But, but also, you know, they could bring in more players. Yeah. But you're right. I do wonder... The Orange is slowly starting to, you know, seep in with the general public here in Brisbane, but... Do you really want to go and change the club's identity? Where would it? It kind of feels like it would just yeah. be throwing away the last twelve years, and I'm not sure. 
The colour yeah. orange and the word raw are the only things associated from day one, really. If you're changing both of those, it's just it's a completely different club to the one that was formed in 2005. And a lot that would, to that point, annoy a lot of people. No, I think it'd be no. I think no, it would cut the cord. I think people would just not support the club. And you know, that's and, that, and that's look. If we were a massive club where you know we got waiting lists for memberships, that'd be one thing. But you know what? In our small base at the moment, you, you've got to have every person. This I got a feeling it'd be too drastic. Even though personally I would like it, I think yeah, it'd be just way too drastic. I think it would hurt more than help. Yeah, well, I suppose that answers the question. Speaking of Reds, Peter Clark asks, with the popularity of Rangers in Australian politics, should Corey Brown be taking a tilted a seat in federal parliament? <laughs> popularity? Yeah, no, it's an I'll issue. Also, no, I'll answer, the, look, I'll answer the question with no serious thoughts over it. The politicians talk too much hot air for Corey Brown to succeed. He's, he's far, too, far too honest and good to be a politician, James. That's true. Far too good a, far too good a person to be a politician given some of the, some of the politicians at the moment. Definitely. All right, so we've got a few questions on the Aloisi issue. So David Stewart, Jacob Connor, and Raphael Berman, they all are... Well, we'll start with David. Is John Aloisi doing a good enough job as a raw manager? Do I need to sit down for this, Adam? No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> to, to be honest, I think, I think you know, he's doing just enough. Like, at the end of the day, look, you know, you take away personality side, and like, there's a certain other you know, Premier League club where I think the, the conduct and you know, the, I guess the personality of the manager is more important than the results. But I think at the end of the day, he gets us to where we, we want to be, and I think that's good enough. I think he's doing yeah. a pretty good job, all things considered, where he could very easily have lost his entire squad yeah. two, two weeks after yeah. walking onto the job. And he's been able to not only keep them around, but keep them competitive. And, okay, yeah, while there still are some shortcomings, I suppose, in his squad management and tactics, as you would get with someone who's still developing as a manager, he's doing a pretty good job. Yeah, results are a tick. Style of play is regressed from what we've seen previously, but it's not that bad. Youth development, for me, is an issue. I think it's, apart from the last month, it's not been the best. So there's reasons, but I think on the whole... Results are the most important thing, and I think you, you have to say he's done a good job. I mean, third place in the A-League last year, qualified for Asia, won the playoff through into the Champions League, could potentially finish the top four again here. He's, he's done a good job. Like I said, I, I, one, one, one final point on that that I'd like to make is the fact is that, you know, if if we were battling for sixth, seventh, eighth, then I'd say I'd start calling a question saying, you know what, is this time up? But, you know, while we're safely in the four, it looks like we're playing finals football, I think that's enough. I think I, I don't think anyone that's actually serious and realistic would, would actually suggest that you now we should be winning the competition. But and, I think yeah. I think he's you know, a pass mark. And to, to your point, given what he's been, what we've been through off off the field, to be in the position we are is fantastic. But I kind of feel like over the next probably two years, whoever is manager, whether it's Aloisi or somebody else, they've got a real tough task it's in front of them. It's going to be them. time to regenerate, isn't it? Because I think in two years you're probably going to find Broich is gone, Mackay is gone. Yeah. It's, I'll just give Scott a minute to get a tissue yeah. and wipe away those tears. <laughs> Broich, Mackay, I would say Jade North, Theo. You might even see guys like Borello gone overseas, for example. Yeah. So Mc- did... McLaren is nowhere. I don't think we'll see. No, McLaren probably won't be here at that point. You could quite possibly be looking at an entirely new starting 11 two years from today. Yeah. Like... And that's that's the thing. This decision now that they're all have to make about the new manager, we think it's probably going to be Aloisi, but... You need start, someone that's going to be provide a little bit of stability now to put that team together in two years' time, and that does also extend to the football department yeah. with Craig Moore, who was the subject of advances from Rangers, I believe. Yeah, but, that sounds about as serious as the Adelaide Aloisi stuff is. But that's the thing. Like, I feel like these guys have spent the last almost two seasons building something here, and I believe Aloisi had some comments today, which I saw on Outside Ninety dot com. I think they're from his press conference yesterday. Okay, well, he basically said he's got unfinished business here, yeah. and. If he is totally serious about that, 
you know, like Andrew said, he wanted to turn the Roar into an Asian football powerhouse. <laughs> um, you know, if he is going to stick around, he's got, it's not going to be easy for him. And it's going to be a real good test of what he is. It's going to need to be some patience because Alwissi took over a team that was pretty pretty close to being finished. He's added to it. Guys like Tommy Orr. There's another one probably won't be here in two years, Tommy Orr. But he's, he inherited a team which was close. Now we've got to see if he can regenerate that team. It'll be interesting to see. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so Jacob Connor, if Aloisi does depart at season end, we've already kind of answered this, how big of a loss is it? It's a, it is a loss, no doubt about that. I mean, because you yep. need to replace a manager. Yep. And who would be a good and reasonable replacement? Well, my suggestion over the weekend of Luis Enrique from Barcelona might, have <laughs> not, might not be not, reasonable. Okay. but not a Guillermo. That's the other thing. People say, oh, we'll swap with Adelaide, take Guillermo. I just, I don't want to see that. I think the guy that the Raw almost signed two years ago... Ramon mm, Tribulex right. from Auckland City. I think he would he would be a fantastic choice. He's the sort of manager who plays the way the Raw traditionally play. I think he would be a great choice. Look, I'd, I'd almost go as far as you know. Maybe if if it's two years time and we we're in a rebuilding phase, you know, give a give a you know a young sort of you know, MPL coach that's come through. You know, maybe you know. I'll I think of one. That's the thing. Well, Rudan. Mark, Mark no. Rudan. Arthur Pappas has just gone over to um has gone over to Saudi Arabia. Maybe in two years time he'll be available with experience like. I think there are guys, I think, you know, maybe looking outside square, we don't want to be going down the roll of normal, you know, Miron Blyberg slash Frank Farina sort of slash, you know, Ernie Merrick sort of round. Yeah. Arsene yeah. Wenger. Scott Miller put his available. name up today. The former Newcastle coach, he said he wants to get back in there. Like, that would be a that would be a choice I would steer clear of. That kind of coach, I wouldn't go near. No, you kind of want someone that's got a little bit of a background uh, behind him. Approach, yeah. Because in the way the Raw play as well, I know it's ingrained now given everyone says it's from the way Ange played attacking football. We've played attacking football since day one. We don't want to change that. I mean, Aloisi... Ange just made it better. No, yeah, exactly. But Aloisi's kind of gone away from that more counter-attacking style and there's been a bit of pushback from that from some segments of the fan base. You want a, a coach who plays attacking football. That's one of the most important things. If we are looking for a new coach to be looking for. But I suppose that also does come back to the question about Aloisi's management is yeah. if he's going to wind up regenerating the Raw, is he going to wind up signing players that are more capable of playing on that counter-attacking style, or is he going to try and be, you know, Ange version 4.0 or whatever? If he stays around another couple of years, he, he's got free range to do what he likes. Yeah. If you make the decision to keep him, you know the way he plays, then he's, he recruits what he needs. Well, one suggestion from Raphael Berman. If the Aloisis do leave, is it possible to have Thomas Broich as a player coach next year, and would that work? I would say, quite frankly, it, it's certainly possible, but I wouldn't want Broich as the leading man basically, as the player coach, because uh, we'll take a look at Aloisi with Melbourne, Hart, City, yep. Suburb, or whatever they were at the time. It, that didn't work, because as much as Aloisi was great as a player, how, he didn't have that background in management yet. Well, that, that's the one thing uh, I'd, I'd like to look more into about what actually, if any, Thomas Broach has in, you know, at this very point in time, what qualifications he has. Because I don't think... I don't think this is you now a case of where you know, even at the A League you'd hope that you know you'd have a standard where you know, you've got professional coaches that have the relevant badges to go and look and that's look I'm sure Thomas Broach at one point in his career if everything goes well that he'll be he could be a great coach but if we're talking about 2017 18 or 2018 19 I think it's a bit too I think he needs yeah. to go he actually needs probably need to go away it's too soon isn't it yeah he probably needs yeah. to even leave you know leave the country for a couple of years if if he won't wants to make Australia home. Now, he probably needs to leave, you know, or at least go get experience elsewhere, then come back and bring it in. But to make him a play coach, yeah, I'm, I'm not liking it. But, you know, it's, yeah. it's every man's opinion. If he's I'm, with the Raw next year, for me, it should be as a player, even if yeah. it's just in a part-time. If, it, if it's an assistant coach, that's a different story. But as the head coach, no. I don't know in the past he's talked about 
potentially being a youth coach, for example. So that might be what he's more interested in. But we, and we have seen coaches transition. I know Ruben Zakovic is a coach over in Perth youth team, and there's plenty of other examples. So it's not impossible to go straight into coaching at like that level, but that's not A-League head coaching level. Yeah. Hmm. Well, if he came yeah. in and took over the Raw's NPL National Youth League side... So- yeah. Hallelujah. That'd be great. But Nothing yeah. against the guy they've got there right yeah. now. But... Sorry, James Robinson. Well, James Robinson is a former you know, A-League player. Yeah. So, look, that's, that, that shows... But maybe that, Robinson know... can step up to be an assistant on the A-League style. He well, also that's... had experience at the NPL level before he got the job hmm. with the young Raw, though, as well. But, oh, look, there are way worse examples yeah. a young player could have than Thomas Broich. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with what he's done in Brisbane. Yeah. Hmm. Although his apparent disdain for training might not be the best message. <laughs> <laughs> he's that good, he can do what he likes. Hmm. All right, so, uh, Jamie McLaren... Josh Mansfield asked, how many goals does he need before people get off his back? Is 33 in two seasons not quite enough? I mentioned this earlier in the show. It's the narrative around him, right? Is, it, is he staying? Is he going? Is he in form, out of form? I think that sort of stuff has really gotten to it this year. And a lot, it's, the other thing is half of his goals have come from penalties as well, which makes it look like he's not scoring as many goals because they're penalties and people overlook them. 14 goals. I think he's the third or fourth top scorer in the league this year. He's, he's doing really well. Whether we keep him or not from here, who knows? But he's, he's doing well. And his runs are... His general game play is better. I feel, yeah, I feel like in the last month and a half, his play has yeah. really, really stepped up. And look, 33 goals in two seasons, phenomenal mm. return. But for me, I always go back to yeah. how many chances has he missed this season compared to what he would have scored last and that, season? And I think that is why the, 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 the sort of, I guess, you know, the, quite the boo boys, whatever they, they sort of call them that, they're sort of always going to find that fault in Jay McLaren. You, you add the uncertainty of his future. I think you all, it doesn't matter if he scores, you know, twenty goals again this season. There's always going to be people questioning, you know, his that because, like I said, he is scoring a lot of penalties. He's, so the statistics are good, but the chances that he, as a front line, you know, almost marquee like striker, or the demands for that marquee money through his agent, is is what really, really sort of you know, has people questioning you know, his his true ability. Well, and the other thing also, like I just go back to that first Sydney FC game, Maroon Saturday, where. He had Ridiculous two, name. <laughs> two really, you know, decent chances to win the game for yeah. the Raw and save us a whole bunch of talk about Sydney FC being yeah. invincible. But, you know, they both sort of rolled just a little bit wide and they weren't quite there. And he had another chance, I believe it was in Perth, in a game that the Raw drew oh, two yeah, one-on-one. The yeah. one-on-one where, look, as he keeps developing as a striker, yeah. I think he will learn to bury that chance. But in that time, you've kind of got to look at it and go... Could he score more? It's to Adam's point. It's about his off-field situations, end of people, and also expectations. He scored twenty goals last year. Was a league young player of the year. Became a national team player. People expect right. This guy's going to now score another twenty goals and lead the Raw to top two in grand final potential. That's what people expect at the start of the year. He hasn't quite delivered that, but he's well on the way to getting somewhere close to twenty goals again. I think he's doing doing a fine job. If you are sort of looking at it, I suppose from a grading perspective, where last year he was a plus. Throughout the season, yeah. you know, consistent goal scoring. It's more t- a solid B now, isn't it? Yeah, B, yeah. B minus. Yep, yeah. that's on. Where he's still getting chances, but he's not quite as, I suppose, lethal as he yeah. could have been. Look, I, at the end of the day, I say, look, he's, he's still our number one striker. He still produced the goals, and you still have him pick him first every time to lead the line. It's just that, yeah, the, I guess the expectation from last year and him sort of not really going on with it, I think... Maybe why is people just won't leave him alone. So one last quick point as well. Don't underestimate the amount of work rate he's put into this schedule as well. The amount of sprints he makes during games. It's no wonder he's starting to look fatigued in some of these games. Mm. And I suppose if you do happen to get to Suncorp Stadium to watch a game, you can see just how many sprints yeah. he is actually making. Because like I thought Newcastle, that was probably the least tightly he's been marked in God knows mm. how long. But 
he, he finally got a little bit of space, and look what he was able to do with it. I don't know why Newcastle decided not to just stick their two centre defenders the other point. on. He's been far more tightly marked this year, hasn't he? Well, because yeah. everyone's around yep. him. But again, that's something that is part of the but career he, progression but he of a striker. Need, but he needs to, like I said, he, he got under the radar a bit last year. He needs to step up at that Sathian and be able to counteract. So, look, as I said, you know, these are all sort of minor criticisms, you know, but uh, like I said, if he wants to develop the play that we hope he is, he's got to take on board and lift. And. I suppose just one, the other uh, McLaren question we got was from Kim Gibson, who says, does anyone know for certain where Jamie McLaren will be at season's end? I know he's going to be playing yeah. football. Yeah, I reckon he knows where, what he's doing. I reckon his agent knows what he's doing, and that's probably about it. I don't know. I'm not, unless he's signed for another club or whatever, I don't think anyone knows outside of him and his agent what's going on. I'm just going to check my phone quickly. Can't see anything about McLaren he's signing just yet. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's I, a Brisbane Raw player for now through the end of the season, at least. And I think the three of us, it's fairly unanimous. We would all like to see McLaren back at the Raw for one more season just yeah. to sort of see where... This team's built for him to succeed the way it's set up. Absolutely. And with the way, with you know another off-season of recruitment, he's the sort of player that you could potentially build your team yeah. around if someone like Thomas Broach does decide yeah. to go and you need that new leading well, man up front. Sort of We've got guys like Tommy or Brandville who've got pace, can get crosses in, a counter-attacking style. It's built for Jamie McLaren at the moment. If he goes, you've got to find another replacement or change it up again. Yep. All right, so last question comes comes from Josh Langs. My phone just hits the ground there. Never mind that. It's in a case, so it's not going to break. So Josh Lang asks for a serious discussion regarding a new stadium, for example, how to find it, where, size, etc. Can he, I go first? Because I don't know Adam's got a massive... Just, just quickly, about this. a serious discussion. I'm not sure Josh... Uh, John, sorry. John Lang <laughs> has ever actually listened to us before because yeah. serious, serious discussion... Yeah. That, mm. I think that's going to be more you guys. I'll see you next week. Okay, so, what's the, <laughs> so what is the question about... Read it again. Okay, hang on. So a serious discussion regarding a new stadium, you how to find it, where size. Okay, so basically what you're looking for is a stadium of about 20,000 people somewhere in the CBD. It's difficult to find a place. If you could if you could pick up Rabina and bring it to Brisbane, the stadium it would be absolutely fantastic. I just don't know where you would put it. Perry Park is a place that continually gets brought up. I've got my reservations, not because it would be a perfect location. It's just... I've got my reservations about going in with the strikers and being the second tenant again. Yeah, because or, I think we we would be the if they ever come into the league, we would be the bigger club. We're more established with one where we should be the bigger club. I would hate to be, play at a stadium that's called Perry Park, is yellow and blue with strikers written all over it. It should be more set up for us. And I think if we could find somewhere, it'd be great. I just don't know where and how this is possible at the moment, given the way it is. Because the only politically, central, it's not yeah. going to work. I mean, because they all have little traction. So you would need a partner to go with you. So you need someone like the, the Queensland Reds to join you in a new stadium somewhere. That's the only way you have any chance of making something happen. And I feel like Ballymore's, while a fantastic venue with a lot of his... Ground. Yeah, it's just not quite at that level. Or, like, or it would be cool to have, you know, the den on the hill at one end. It's impossible to get to by public transport, really. Yeah, it's not quite there. And it would probably require a lot more of an investment. You saw what happened to the, the strikers when they went there in the NSL. Their crowds went completely south, so... I don't think that would be an option. And I'm just trying to think geographically. Like the the closest thing you've got to a decent area might be actually just down the road from me at Cooperoo, where Giffen Park, where the Lions are training. And look, if they were to ever leave that uh, place, because weren't they looking at developing in Springfield at one Springfield point? Springfield and other places, yeah. So you could potentially want. How far is that from the train? Uh, about a ten minute walk, but Cooperoo Station is very, very. Small and would need yeah, a major, thing, major upgrade. Ballymore is 10 minutes from Wilston train station. That's the thing. So it's the same sort of problem. Mm. It's hard to find the mm. right place here. That's the, that's the thing. And not too accessible for buses either. Yeah. All right, Adam? 
Right. Okay. <laughs> the guys sit down. Look, um, as, as you know, I've been I've been in the US, and which has basically been the model that where people are saying, you know, what all those clubs build their own stadiums. Well, here's here's three facts. I, I was actually at Bank of California Stadium, which um, if people don't know, that's the new LAFC Stadium, which has just been constructed. That's going to cost three hundred fifty million the US dollars. Team, MLS team, right? Yep, that's the new the new MLS team. As I speak, now we're in the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> But also as well, some of the established stadiums like Orlando Sea Stadium, which has just been constructed at 150 million US dollars. The San Jose Earthquakes out of Eva Stadium is 100 million US dollars. Now you can now you tell me where on earth at any club, any club in this A League in the next 10 years can even find that money. City. And if no, no. Well, I, I disagree. I, I actually disagree. I don't think City even would have the money without. And this is when I say without without that, they don't have the money. Because without government support, here in Brisbane, the Queensland government, you, as you know, don't give a damn about the Brisbane Roar. That we had one minister there, and that, that was because it just happened to be there because he, he's flogging off his new seven million dollar, you know, super screens. So how on earth can we expect a entity to come along and spend, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars if we want the stadium, a twenty-two thousand seat stadium, you know, that that is, you know, that is worthy of what we hope and perceive. There's not enough money in this league. I don't think any. I don't think any club no in this model for it is there yeah. really because these stadiums are all year-round things. When there's no yep. games on, they have concerts. I know that annoys a lot of people, but that's what. That's yep. how you get year-round content. You have yep. events like Be- that because mm. e- even looking at the NFL stadiums like Gillette Stadium yep. for the New England Patriots, I think they're hosting about ten concerts in the off-season, yep. along with their yep. MLS franchise, New England Revolution, and that's. But the stadium was built for the Patriots in yep. the NFL. Yep. But with the NFL, you're getting ten guaranteed dates of use per year and well if you're the Patriots you get at least one playoff game yeah, usually yeah, yeah, two okay. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> but keep in mind so yeah. you're not going to build like 200 million dollar stadium for 13 maybe 14 15 games per year absolutely not unless unless you had a plan to and like I said and this is the whole thing again is that you know you are we have multi-purpose stadiums in this country everywhere we go because there is no way that any entity any football entity in this country or I think any club I think even the Brisbane Broncos building their own stadium for them and for them only, it doesn't work. And they are them or Collingwood in the AFL. And they are the two biggest clubs yeah. in football in this country. And even them, it would not work. So I think, with all, with all due respect, John, I just think this, this it's not a serious discussion yeah. because it will not happen in our lifetime. I do think no, you I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you know it comes yeah. off this hard, but you know I, I've been to the US. I've seen that, and that's a massive. And that's with government support. That's with local taxes. You know, that's with you know hundred hundred million dollar you know stadium rights you know package to go with it to even get to that point. So it's just not going to happen in this country, not in our lifetime. We're running long, but let's just keep going because I like this. As sports fans, you could argue, do we need our second stadium? Yeah, because it would allow, open things up, better quality playing, so it's the whole thing. To the government, they don't, that's not really a consideration for them. It's okay, how many events can we get into the Suncorp Stadium? Are they able to play their event? Yep, fine, cool, no problem. They're able to play the game, that's fine in their opinion. That's That's all they're worried about. The amount of, the Suncorp Stadium is not overused in their opinion. That's all that matters. And, the one point I would actually make about Suncorp Stadium is it is probably the best rectangular stadium in Australia. Yeah. But... It's perfect because you've got the two train stations nearby, you've got the buses underneath, it's in the CBD. It's a perfect location. It, it was well set built up. to be that... Well, just, you, just using that Suncorp Stadium example, well, why have we not thought of... You know, say, like we were talking about off-air about, about the new stadium in Atlanta, the, the um, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the new $2 billion stadium that just opened there, where even though for the, for the um, Falcons it is 75,000 capacity... For 
Atlanta United, it's twenty five thousand because they actually have movable curtains. Yeah. And all that. If if we if the government or the operators are so adamant you know, of treating Raw as equal to the Broncos, why are they not investing that? Are sort they of stuff? adamant about it? I haven't seen anything. It's just they are. No, of course not. Well, the one thing, but the one thing I would say, there are certain things you could do to, I mm. suppose, make Suncorp Stadium feel like more of a home. So that top tier, the seven hundred level, never gets used, right? Let's just say, all right, stuff it. We're not going to sell tickets up there anyway. Let's put you know a couple of championship banners up there every time mm. because. I still would love to see Suncorp Stadium hang up, you know, the Queensland Reds, 2011 yep. Super Rugby Champions, the, the, Brisbane Raw. The six Raw. Broncos ones. You know, yeah, the, the Brisbane Raw Champions. And then, you know, hang them from the rafters and say, yeah, these are Brisbane's teams, they're champions and whatnot. Like in the TD Garden yeah. in Boston, the uh, basketball and ice hockey no stadium. Room, there's no room there anymore at TD Bank Garden. Yeah, well... <laughs> Oh, there's on they the retire anyone's mind, mind you, I will, I will say it's at, at Staples Centre that I know the Lakers want to go. I don't think the Clippers actually have anything up there. But, uh, or, or, <laughs> if you or the know Kings the NBA, that. you know why the Clippers have no retired banners. <laughs> and it, Yeah, the Lakers have got 16 titles. Yeah. The Boston Celtics have 17, you know. Oh, yeah. Be quiet, Boston boy. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, going back to my original point. Yeah. So you've got, what, 10 bays up top there. Yeah. So you could have, you know, 2011 yeah. Premiers, 2011 yeah. Champions. I hear your point. It's, 36 unbeaten. Yeah. You, you got yep. six banners right then and there yeah. you could easily put up and just make it feel a little bit more it, it like a home. It feels like a rugby league stadium, doesn't it? I don't, really. know about, I don't know if it feels like a rugby league stadium. It just The whole precinct feels like a rugby league stadium. And I know I get out and understand why it is the more popular sport. There's no... And it was, I suppose, built for the Broncos yeah. and to yeah. a lesser extent the Reds because when it was built, the yeah. Raw didn't exist. <laughs> but in that same regard, like there are certain things you could do to make Suncorp feel more like a home if, as we all kind of feel, that... Yeah second Brisbane Stadium is unrealistic. But the way I would yeah. actually attack that would be Thomas Broich. Yeah. He deserves a statue. Or maybe Matt Mackay. Like, you know, Matt Mackay that... would be the one because yeah. he's a local boy. You remember that pose from the 2011 Grand Final after Pardaloo yeah. equalised where he's running with his yeah. arms yep. up and just looking up, saying things that I probably can't repeat on radio. <laughs> but you've got that. You put that out there. And, you know, you could even have that with the Reds. You know, you've got a whole bunch of great players like John Eels and whatnot. Yeah. If you want to, it is a sports venue. Treat it like one. Yep. Back to the point about a reasonable discussion about the stadium. It's it's a hard one to have because I can't think of a logical location for it, and I can't think of a logical partner other than the Reds at the moment. Because well, they, unless there's a new rugby league team coming in who doesn't want to play at a Suncorp Stadium, you're going to need somebody else who's going to I would attract year-round content at this stadium because otherwise it's going to sit dormant from when the Raw finishes in May through October. No, just and that's just not and going I kind to of work. feel like if you are going to... I know the Royal are building their training facilities at Logan, which kind of kills off any idea, and the Reds are never going to move from their spiritual home at Ballymore. But if you are going to build a stadium somewhere, you're going to have to turn it into some sort of, I suppose, facility like what Collingwood have got in the AFL. And you, again, go back to a lot of those US franchises. Not only have they got their stadium... They've got their training facilities there yeah. right next door. It's a very different culture in America, though, because all the stadiums aren't always in the CBD. I know that the Boston, the Patriots one's not even near Boston. It's way up the highway, isn't it? Yeah, 45. Yeah, so there's a culture of driving to the stadium and parking all the rest of it. Here in Brisbane, it's get on the train, get on the bus, and get right to the stadium and walk in. It, it's yeah. a very different culture. Well, even when the new NFL stadium is built at Inglewood, um, that's still a fair sort of way. At the moment... Um, LA Coliseum is it's it's not downtown, but it's where where Bank of California Stadium is going to be as well. It's not downtown, but the metro serves it's it's probably about ten minutes. You know, as the crow flies, but about two hours by car. 
but yeah. Um, but yeah, like I so said, that, that's that's and they're, but they're marketing it as downtown. They're marketing it as yeah. a, a central location, and even that's far out. So but that's one, yeah. that's one thing you could actually almost consider yeah. is because. If you, if you are going to build a new stadium, do you want to include some sort of parking facilities? You have to. If it's not in the CBD, you've got to. You have to have a way for people to drive there. Now, I it's an interesting thing because people don't really drive to sport events here in, in Australia. I can't think of many places where you drive right to the to the football ground. There's not many. You, mm. can't, you take no, public well, transport I, to get there, and that's I a different culture. Amy Park down in Melbourne, I think the closest you get is like you catch a cab or something to... The tram. Acro- acro- or just to across the river or something. Yeah. But... The idea I would actually say, and this just popped into my head, QE2 Stadium, you're not using that a whole lot. See, this is the thing. When the Broncos played there in the 90s and 2000s, that might give you more details because mm. it's an all side. People over the north side hated it. It was too far for them to travel. That was the yeah. big complaint about it. And that's why the Broncos were so desperate to get back to Suncorp because it was t- it's a central even, location. Even I think the- QSAT can work, but... It's whether or not you can sell it to the north side. That's the question. But again, that's also where you might be able to say, "All right, it's a fairly big complex as is. You can, mm-hmm. like, if you're going to just knock it down and start from scratch, you've got." I don't think you can do that, given the government and the QAS. I think okay, not, well, just yeah. just hear me out yeah. here for the sake of it. So you knock it down and start from scratch. You can build probably state of the art athletics facility that could host X number of events per year. Yep. Like you've got. High school things, state like you know, I've got GPS, AIC, all of that. Yeah. You could also probably host certain events there as well for athletics. You've got, and if you then were to build, say, twenty thousand seat football stadium, you're probably going to have room there for some sort of parking structure. It would. Pro- There's no way that you're going to build a parking structure for twenty thousand people and not have it be a total pain to get out of. That's just a way of yeah. life. But you could also upgrade the public transport thing and have people. Bussing it out from I you know it's the Altandi station, I think it is. Altandi yeah. was the one they used to bus you to. Yeah, but again, like but they, they upgraded it for Suncorp yeah. or Lang Park as it was at mm. the time. Was it Suncorp when they rebuilt it? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. small thing, but that is about the closest thing I can find to the most realistic location. If you're going to build twenty thousand, because I would say anytime you're getting over twenty thousand yeah. to a game, you're almost at the point where you're going to be filling the lower bowl of Suncorp anyway. Yeah. The bottom was I think it's. It's a, as much as we'd all love it, John. I think it's one of those things that's twenty years down the line, and we might have a solution. It's not going to be a short term thing. Because also, yeah, and as we were talking about before, it's not quite viable for the A League yet. No. no, MLS they all have smaller stadiums, but they're all taxpayer funded, they, yeah, and you're no. not going to get taxpayers to fund a, a stadium, stadium for Brisbane Raw. It's not going to happen. Not alone. I think you are going to need, as you said, that second yeah. NRL side. All right, guys, and we were worried we'd have nothing to talk about today. I think this yeah. might be our longest episode yet. So <laughs> yeah. if you've listened to the whole episode in one go, <laughs> congratulations. Thank you for all those people who sent those questions yeah. as well. There's some great Absolutely. topics in there. Yeah, you've spawned a half-hour discussion. So. Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to do next week? Well, we're just champions back to, back to the old topic of talking about games. That's right. Well, before we go, oh, though, yes. we've got Champions League predictions to make. So the Raw are travelling to Kashmir to face yes. Kashmir Atlas. So, Adam, what's your pick for that game? No. One all. I'm going. I'm going to go two one to the raw. I'm pretty much screwed in the uh, points predictions anyway, <laughs> so I may as well. I may as well just go for broke. I was hoping to open up a league. Adam wasn't here, and people were tipping for him, but no one has stitched him up. I'm disappointed. <laughs> yes, Adam, it's good to have you back. Thank but, you guys. Yeah. But we should say thank you to yeah. Griff, Richard, and Was for filling in while yep. you're away. And Adam, if you yep. do decide to leave us on another holiday, again, <laughs> just know we've got several yep. really good replacements. Yeah, we've got we've got the rotation policy ready to yep. go. All right, so thanks for listening to this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Enjoy the football this weekend, even if the Roar aren't playing. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com.
Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today.